Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, we know the headlines. Utah's facing its worst drought on record. Wildfires are popping up everywhere at record numbers so we we know the headlines but we got to get beyond that and look at uh, what do we need to know what do we need to do and do differently so it's time to think again think you know the news of the day think again so let's dig into this issue just a little bit further uh we're really pleased to be joined in studio today by our good friend john smith who most of you know as a dj on our sister station 103.5 fm the arrow and uh, John, we appreciate you joining us. And it's sort of one of those think again moments because most people think they know who you are, but in your <laughs> secret superhero life, you're also a firefighter. Well, everybody's got their hobbies. You know, some guys <laughs> play golf, some people put ships in bottles. I go out and I fight wildfires. You fight wildfires? Yeah. Wow. That's, my, that's my fun thing. How long have you done that? Uh, going on three years, almost four years now. Wow. So let's let's dig into this uh, just from perspective. And just to be very clear, uh, you're speaking on behalf of John Smith firefighter correct not uh, for any institution or entity i am not representing any any <laughs> specific fire department or agency i pro- i promised john that this would not be his last <laughs> interview on this show just the first interview on this show uh we were talking during the break about something that you think everybody if they could just get in their head i think would really help in terms of our behavior and our action and uh, it is found in in the magic of the triangle uh, yeah, the the fire triangle is what we call it, and and basically this is this is fire behavior one hundred and one, right? Yeah. Uh, whether you're fighting structured fires, whether you're starting a campfire, uh, whether you're fighting a wildfire in the in the desert or the forest, uh, the fire triangle is is what it all comes down to. You need three things for fire to exist: uh, oxygen, which obviously we we breathe it when we're outside. You've probably noticed uh, <laughs> deep breath; uh, it's we're out in. there. Um, the other thing we need is heat, uh, and you, if you've been outside for any stretch of the, the day in the past week, week and a half, you notice that it's hot outside. These are hotter temperatures than we've had on record in the month of June, not just in Utah, but everywhere in the Southwest. Yeah. And, and third and most crucial is fuel. Uh, and that's where wildfire really takes off. Here in, in Utah's wildland, uh, there is fuel everywhere. And I'm not talking about gasoline. I'm talking about dry, light, flashy fuels, cheap mm. grass, junipers, trees, yeah. um, alive and dead. A lot of people think, oh, well, these are live trees. Uh, they're not going to burn. 
Um, right. What happens is, is you get these fires burning. They suck all the moisture out of the living uh, right. vegetation, and then it becomes dry vegetation wow. as the fire gets to it almost instantly. So these fires can travel upwards of 30 to even 40 miles per hour mm. on, on, on the ground. Wow. Um, yeah, I want everyone to stop and think yeah, about that. Yeah, sorry. I, I so can let's, go for hours. So, so. Let's, let's, let's think about a fire moving at 30 to 40 miles an hour. Uh, just imagine driving in your car, getting up to 40 miles an hour. Right. And imagine that the fire would be keeping up with you. Right. Uh, as you move forward. Um, I, I think it's just so vital. I actually, I tell you, I, uh, I actually lived this, uh, fire triangle over the weekend. Oh, good. <laughs> I was, I was borrowing my, my, my brother's, uh, barbecue and it was just fire and yeah. we couldn't figure out until we looked underneath and they had used a pan to collect all of their grease and extra that's stuff. your fuel. And that was a fuel and that baby would not go out. <laughs> so, so we experienced that live over the weekend. Uh, but as as we look at it, as it relates to fire and and what we're looking at, obviously we're talking about restrictions on uh, everything from you know fireworks and so on uh, to barbecuing to campfires and shooting and all of those things. From a firefighter perspective, uh, what what is that experience? I mean, we just talked about. 40 mile an hour fire moving at you. Uh, what's, what is the experience out there when you get to it uh, and suddenly you're just watching this thing unfold? Um, I mean, it, it varies based on, on, on how big the situation is. Uh, if you get to a really big fire and there's, there's different agencies on scene and you're working on communicating and you're working on moving your ground assets, you've got to take into consideration your own safety as well as the safety of your, te- of your team. Yeah. Uh, you have equipment to watch out for. Uh, because if your equipment becomes involved, you're you're suddenly stranded. Your team is stranded. Mm. Um, there are materials on your truck which can burn as well. So you've got to make sure that you're putting yourself uh, in the right place. In the black usually is what we call it. We try to stay in areas that are already burned. Yeah. Um, and you know, are there air assets as well? Are there are there helicopters? Are there planes dropping water, dropping fire retardant? Yeah. Are there other crews coming in? Are there hand crews out there that you need to be aware of? There's a lot of of moving parts, and you haven't even put water on the flame yet. Right. Um, it's like three dimensional chess. And and look, man, we we get it. We're I'm I'm a volunteer firefighter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like shooting. I like fireworks. I love everything that you love doing. Yeah. But we are in a thousand year drought. We are in a drought that that no being on earth has ever experienced mm-hmm. in our lifetime. <laughs> Uh, and that is something that really needs to be considered before you light off fireworks, yeah. before you go shooting in the uh, in the backcountry, before you go lighting a fire outside of a fire pit. Yeah. How are you going to manage this? Because depending on where you're at, that fire can spread very, very quickly. And before you know it, you, your your family, your campsite and homes in the surrounding area are fully involved. Yeah, and and you're putting so many others at risk uh, well beyond your own safety, which we're all concerned about. Uh, there's a lot of other folks that uh, their families are hoping they get home uh, at the end of the day as well. Uh, just real quickly, John, I want to I want to ask you one more thing, and that's uh, dealing with uh, kind of the management of a lot of these the, the fuel portion of mm-hmm. the program, whether that's controlled burns, brush clearing. We know Senator Romney is looking at a commission that's kind of a public private thing uh, to make sure we're managing these fuel loads. Uh, properly, what what's been your experience uh, as it relates to that? So managing managing the fuel load, fuel loads, excuse me, is a year round process. Yeah. I mean, our our forestry guys, our BLM guys, as well as uh, uh, interagency cooperation with with fire districts and fire departments, 
they're all working on this year round, uh, doing back burns, doing controlled burns, clearing vegetation with uh, with hand crews, with shovels, mm. and as well as machines. Keeping you'll notice when you're driving on the highway, everything as simple as clearing weeds from the side of the highways. Yeah. Uh, so that trucks dragging chains or hot brakes don't spark don't start fires. Yeah. Um, it, it starts with with human behavior, though. That's that is the biggest. Uh, component that we need to manage, yeah, uh, is human behavior. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned things like the the, the chains. <laughs> yeah, you got your boat hooked up. You got your camper, your RV hooked up. Uh, those are all things that, again, we don't think a lot, but just that simple spark. Ninety percent uh, of fires that we fight are human caused and one hundred percent preventable. Yeah. Wow. John Smith, again, uh, most of you know John. you got to think again about John now when you're listening to John. Uh, every time he cranks things up there on 103.5 FM, The Arrow, uh, think again about John. He's also a superhero uh, in his off time as a volunteer firefighter. Uh, one, we appreciate what you do both in the studio uh, and out there fighting fires. Appreciate your perspective on this today. Thanks for joining hey, us, Hey, thanks John. for letting me come down to play. All right. Again, so much for us to think about. Remember, it's human behavior that's going to be the key to this whole thing. Government's not going to legislate it. Nobody's going to control it. What are each of us going to do about it to protect ourselves, those we love, and those who are willing to step into harm's way? Stay with us. Much more to come. Think again with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.